Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. when they're able to articulate how God has transformed their lives. I want to just make a statement as we start tonight. I get really tired of religious people. I just do. Well, God's really good. He'll help you. God's really great. God's wonderful. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And then I ask this question, what have you allowed God to do in you and through you lately? I don't know, just praise the Lord. But see, the stories that we just heard are about people who allowed God to have a relationship with them and transform them. I think relationship with God is so much more important than religious practice. Now, again, I'm not against religion. I happen to be a pastor. Actually, I think some people I somewhere call me reverend, which is kind of weird, you know. There's people that come to this church that were Catholics, they call me father, and that's cool because I have two kids, so that fits, you know. You can call me great father because I have grandkids too, you know. Grandpa, papa, I don't care. One person called here recently and said, uh, uh, what time are your confessions? I said, every day. They said, really? You have confession every day? I said, yeah, I'm that messed up. I confess every day. I think they were thinking something else, don't you? Somebody recently said to me, you know, if God would just do something spectacular, I would believe in him. I think the reason that a lot of people miss God is because he's everywhere. We're kind of like, well, we take him for granted. I mean, he's the God who, in the last service, I met some brand new children that are about a week, two, three weeks old. And I looked in the eyes of the mothers and the dads and said, you know, there's people that say there is no God. And I looked in the face of this beautiful child, about 10, 11 pounds now. And I said, God made her. God made him. And one of the moms who's in the Air Force said, yeah, and people could actually say there is no God. And I said, all they got to do is look in your new baby's face and say, wow, God did that. Now, the dad was standing there all proud trying to take the credit. He was one of those dads who said, yeah, we're pregnant. Hey, guys, no such thing. She's pregnant. You just happen to have a little part of it. She's the one that's pregnant. He's the one that's going to have the morning sickness. Oh, we're pregnant. He doesn't get morning sickness. He doesn't have 2 a.m. cravings. Uh, Come on. And I guarantee you, he will not have stretch marks anywhere. It's, It's her. But see, God put the power of the seed in the man and in the woman. That's spectacular that we could actually have offspring. You're here because God put the power of the seed in your daddy and your mommy. I mean, that's spectacular. So my friend said, well, if God would do something spectacular, and I think God comes down and says, like what? Like, what do you want me to do? How about this? What if I create a rock large enough for seven and a half billion people to live on it and fine-tune everything on it and around it so it sustains life and stands in contrast to all the other rocks in the universe? What if I do that? By the way, he already did. 
We're living on the rock, aren't we? Come on. Uh, how about God doing something amazing? I mean, really amazing. How about he make a 576 megapixel camera? Actually, how about he make two of them and stick them on the front of your face and connect them seamlessly to a 3,000 gigahertz computer with enough memory for you to pass on knowledge to generation after generation? And how about this trick? Before I end this sentence that I'm in now, which we never know how long it will go, 50,000 cells in your body will die and 50,000 cells will be brand new. And you don't have to think about it. Matter of fact, when was the last time you thought about what you had to think about when you were thinking about something? You don't even think about what you're thinking about when you're thinking about something because it's automatic too. And right now you're breathing in and out, in and out. And now you're thinking about it because I mentioned it. Your heart's beating. God allowed it to beat. And you're in your mom's womb. And you're not thinking about it or its rhythm. It's just doing its thing. Huh? If you ate breakfast this morning or came early enough to get the buffet, your body's digesting food. And you're not even telling your body to do it. It's just automatically happening. I mean, what else does God need to do? And by the way, if you meet a man who can predict his death and predict that he would rise from the dead three days later, if you meet someone like that, you should follow them and you should do whatever they say. And that man happens to be Jesus Christ and he already came to this earth and he already lived a pure and sinless life and he dies on the cross and he rises again on the third day and that's why I love Easter. So Easter, yeah. Thank you for that. And by the way, if you want, I'll uh, get your outlines out. I'll autograph them at the end of the service. You can sell them on eBay later on. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm thinking about Easter, and I'm remembering my, my, my mama. Now, my mama was not even five feet tall. I mean, she was just little. And when I was in about the fourth grade, um, we were Jewish, and we celebrated Passover, not really Easter. But she felt bad for us, because all the Gentile kids around us growing up, they all got Easter bunnies, you know, Easter eggs and stuff. So she, she went out. Now, now she's not even five feet tall, and she goes out and gets me a four-foot-tall chocolate Easter bunny. And she's walking down the driveway. <laughs> it looked like one of her children. I got all excited, and I read the front of the box, and it said, solid milk chocolate. I'm thinking, if I got a four-foot solid bunny, I'm just going to like get a knife and slice off a little piece for like the next three years. I was all excited. So I, now, now this is a poor representation of the big four-foot bunny, but this is Peter Rabbit. It was bought at a local uh, uh, store. It starts with a W and ends with Mart. And and I still remember biting off the ear. Oh, wait a minute. I'll be back. That is some of the worst chocolate. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
Death was arrested, but not the bunny. I'll tell you right now. The solid refers to the constitution of the chocolate. Fall print. Hollow. Hollow. See? Hollow. Evidence. Hollow. Oh, gosh, that's really bad. You ever had bad job? You know what I mean? Bad jogging? Don't. If you're going to go and get the calories and the fat and the sugar, get something good, man. Anyway, sorry for complaining. I shouldn't. Palmer making candy fun. They're not making it fun for me, let me tell you. But here's the, here's the deal. By the way, I'm going to share this with the guys back there. But, but I'm not exaggerating. That's bad. But have you, have you tried to grab a hold of things in life, person, place, or thing, and thought it was going to be a solid answer to something, only to find out that it was bad and it was hollow? Maybe he or she or they or that or it promised you success and life and, and abundance and it just didn't happen for you? Well, back some 2,000 years ago, a guy named Peter who had walked closely with Jesus during the three years of his ministry, who actually um, saw Jesus after he rose from the dead, who actually ate breakfast with Jesus on the lakefront in the morning. He writes a letter in 1 Peter. He writes to people that are discouraged and depressed and feeling lost. They'd lost a, any semblance of expectation and looking forward to the future. And Peter would say these words in 1 Peter chapter 1, uh, verse 3 and 5. We have the words on the screen. If you have a Bible, you can open that Bible, a Bible app. You can open that. If there's anything that's Twitterific, you could actually tweet something or Facebook's up and just go, it's awesome to be in church today. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus from the dead. Now, theologically, never separate the cross from the empty tomb or the empty tomb from the cross. They go hand in hand together. And some people will talk about the cross of Jesus but not talk about the resurrection of Jesus, and some will talk about the resurrection. Yes, we're Easter people and forget the cross, Good Friday, but they go hand in hand together in saving us. Both are very active. Jesus on the cross saying, Father, forgive them, and then saying, it is finished. And then Jesus saying, I will rise from the dead. And here's what Peter tells us, that we've been born again because God raised Jesus from the dead. Now we live with, help me out, great expectation. And we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change or decay. Uh, the word decay there is the word death. The word decay there is the word in the Greek rotting flesh. Nothing can rot away the inheritance that God has given us, and it's called the inheritance of eternal life. Uh, when when uh, Jesus talked to, to Nicodemus, he tells Nicodemus, you must be born again. You can just write it in your notes on the side, John chapter 3. And that's where Jesus tells Nicodemus, for God so loved this world, Nicodemus, that he gave his one and only son, that, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. 740 years before Jesus Christ would actually be born, we talked about that last Sunday, 
740 years before Jesus would actually be born, Isaiah would tell us prophecy after prophecy about the Savior who would come and take on our sins for us. He would become disfigured because of our disfigurement, what God had intended for us to be like and and how we were going to live. He said Jesus took on all that disfigurement for us. And because of that, we have this inheritance that cannot be destroyed. That inheritance is a place in heaven for us. I know a guy who, who's waiting for his parents someday. His parents are going to pass away. He's not wishing for their demise, but he knows that when they pass, he's going to be a multi-zillionaire. And there's something about the way he lives. I mean, he's got a small house. He's got an old car. He doesn't have much money, but he knows someday, and he's already anticipating how he's going to live a generous life. He's a Christ follower. How he's going to invest in young people. How he's going to invest in the ministry of his church. But there's something about the way he walks. Because he knows he has an inheritance. Can you you imagine if you and I actually lived in the confidence of knowing what God has secured for us in heaven? Because I have news for you. I really do. I hope all of you live to be 159. But there's going to be a day when our lives end. And the beauty is that Jesus Christ conquered death itself. And the good news of that inheritance is that when we die, we don't die. We we live on in the presence of God, everlasting life. And that gives us great expectations. When the headlines are not what we expect, when the waistline is not what we expect, come on now, when the bottom line is not what we expect, we can know that we know that God is with us and there's hope in Him. Maybe your kids' lives, maybe your grandkids' lives, Maybe your friends' lives. Maybe you're about to graduate high school and somebody told you you can be whatever you want to be and there may not be a job for you. Maybe you graduated college and you've got debt up to here, student loans up to here, and you can't find a job in the field that you went to college for. Or maybe you're in the Air Force, you're getting a brand new duty station, and you're not so sure what's going to be there, what kind of great expectations you should have. But God wants us to live with great expectations in Him And because of him, no matter what, expectations, here's how we define it. It's a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. And it's a belief that someone will or should achieve something. Now, in our case, as people who know Christ, we have a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. Even in the midst of our problems, life won't always be like this. It's not all about this, and it's not all about now. Boy, if we could learn that. And someday there will be blessing for us, not just when we get through with life, but all through our lives. So number one, would you write this down if you got your notes out? Discover freedom from your past. I wonder how many of you have someone in your life that seems to always remind you of your past. If they're seated next to you, don't respond. Well, I wonder how many of you would say, yeah, there's somebody in my life that every time I turn around, they remind me of what I did last year or five years ago or, or, or 10 years ago. True story, there was a guy and his, his, his wife, they were newly married, and they were having an argument. The argument was over toilet paper. I can't believe it, but it, that's what it was over. Does the toilet paper go this way on the roll or that way on the roll? This way or that way? I don't know. Well, my mama always put it this way. By the way, when you get married, don't tell your wife how mama did it. That don't work. And ladies, don't say to the man, you're just like your father. That doesn't help you at all. So 
toilet paper, toilet paper. So here she goes. She goes into the bathroom. Sorry for too much information, but she goes in the bathroom, and she got two and a half squares, two and a half, two and a half little squares of Charmin. And she comes out of the bathroom where he had just been, and she says, how come you didn't change the toilet paper? And he says, I always change the toilet paper. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. That went on forever. So he secretly went and got a trash bag and started changing the toilet rolls. And he signed his name and dated them. And he waited. He hid this behind the toolbox. And he waited. And in his mind, he had a calculation. Next time she mentions toilet paper. So she said, toilet paper. I had to change the roll again. No, you didn't. And he poured these all over her head. What does that have to do with the sermon? I don't know. I've been waiting a long time <laughs> to tell you the story. Okay, moving back to the sermon. No, wait a minute. I think some of you think God's that way. He writes down all your mess-ups, your sins, your disobedience. He writes down every time you, you're misunderstood or every time you're, you're attacked or every time you attack someone. He, he writes them down. And so when you come and say... Father, forgive me. You know, give me this day my daily bread and forgive my sins as I forgive those, my trespasses. Forgive my, forgive, like, like God's going to pour out toilet rolls with your name on it and what you did wrong stamped with the date and the time. But that's not our God. By the way, the wife looked at her husband with a soft voice and said, You're nuts. You've gone nuts. Uh-huh. Hey, you know what? God takes our sins when we come to Him through Jesus Christ and He forgets them as far as the east is from the west. Yeah. He puts up the sea of forgetfulness and He puts up the no fishing sign and He doesn't go back. The God who knows everything about everything declares amnesia when it comes to your past. Because when we come to Him through Jesus, it's just like we've never ever done anything wrong. Now, I know that I've done wrong. I know that I've wronged people, and I know that I've, I've made mistakes and disobeyed God. But when I come to him through confession, through the blood of Jesus and the empty tomb, both the cross and the tomb, I'm able to say to him, God, forgive me. And he forgives me as though I've never done anything wrong. 1 Peter 1.3 again, it is his grace, it's his great mercy that we've been born again because God raised Jesus from the dead. And something happens to us as we discover freedom from our past. He also takes care of our pain, the pain of our past. Would you write this down? If you don't deal with the pain of your past, you'll begin to deal out of the pain of your past to those around you. Now, by the way, that's really good. It's so good, we've got to read it again. If you don't deal with the pain of your past, then you'll begin to deal out of the pain of your past to those around you. If something's happened in your life and you haven't really dealt with it head on, 
You haven't allowed God's grace and mercy to come and heal it from you and forgive you of your wrongdoing, but also heal you from the pain. That pain will be lived out through you. We, we know this. Hurt people hurt people. Hurting people will find ways to hurt other people. We say this around here all the time at this church. Don't allow your past trauma to become your present-day drama. Now, that was really good. Because some of us are living five years ago, today. And it filters everything that we think about and every way we respond to people. But we're no longer bound by sin and darkness. We can live in the light of God's goodness, for He's given us freedom. Again, 1 Peter 1.3, we can have a great expectation. Number two, we can expect a brighter tomorrow. Now, that's just not motivational speaking or hype. You know, and look at tomorrow. The sun will come out tomorrow. Bet your bottom down. Tomorrow will be a brighter day. Put your head up. Tomorrow, tomorrow. Now, that's just a bunch of hype. I mean, I remember watching the Super Bowl last year. Anybody watch the halftime? I got sunshine in my pocket. Don't you remember that? We just dance, dance. Everybody was dancing. Can't stop the feeling. I go, are you kidding me? If one of those teams loses, somebody's going to stop the feeling. And, of course, Timberlake was dancing all the way to the bank, you know. Now, it's a cool song, Sunshine in My Pocket. But some days, I don't know about you. Let me just, I, I know I'm amongst all perfect people here and watching online. But, but, but some days, I don't have any sunshine in my pocket. I got lint in my pocket. No sunshine. I got rocks in my pocket. You know, I got stones in my pocket. Might have gold stones in my body. Come on. And things are not worthy of having sunshine at all. But see, our sunshine and actually our brighter tomorrow is not connected to the day, to the headlines, to the economy, to the stock market, to our friends being nice to us, to people just agreeing with us all the time. No, our brighter tomorrow is connected to the fact that Jesus died for us and rose again from the dead. Well, where do you get that, Pastor? Well, 1 Peter 1.3 in the New International Version says it this way. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a what? Into a living hope. It's alive. Hope is alive because Jesus is alive. I had a guy tell me recently, I'm feeling a good vibe. What on earth is a good vibe? He said, well, you know, I, I believe in good vibes, and, and I believe in good karma, and I believe in... I be he just kept going on and on down his list. I go, really? What do you do when the vibe is not good? And what do you do when the karma's not good? Where do you go with that? Well, I, 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 I just tell myself, it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. What if you don't feel like telling yourself it's going to be a good day? Where do you hook your hope? Where do you hook your belief? Where do you hook your faith? You see, take your worst problem, take your worst problem, and put it next to the empty tomb. Take your worst problem and put it next to the empty tomb. And let me tell you what the empty tomb will say. Have a living hope. Have hope. Have a great expectation. Because God has done more for you than you can ever imagine. 1 Peter 1.4. And we have a priceless inheritance. In other words, you can't buy it. Matter of fact, if you say, how much is my inheritance worth? There's no worth. It's an inheritance that's kept in heaven for you. Pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change or decay. Hope. 
Every time it's talked about with the early followers of Jesus, it was about something other than the place they lived in and the time they lived in. It was hope of future. It was hope of something greater. Would you write this down? Our hope is, is connected to our inheritance through Jesus that's rooted deep in the unchanging God, our unchanging God, our unchanging God. What's our inheritance connected to? Our unchanging God, our living hope. It's in Him. I love what Max Lucado said. I, I can't say it any better. What Jesus did with His own grave, He promises to do with yours. Empty it. Excuse me. Woo! I mean, there's going to be a day. See, see, you don't think about it today. I mean, I don't know how many funerals you've been to. I've been to way too many. I've officiated, officiated way too many. I got one next Saturday coming up. Two weeks after that, another one coming up. People are just dying to see me. And, oh, it's bad. But what did Jesus do with his own grave? He emptied it. And he promises to do that for you. See, Jesus didn't just come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. Alive in him. It may not matter to you today, but it will matter to you someday, I promise. Remember this. It will matter to you when you take your last breath. It will matter to you when your heart stops beating. It will matter to you when you end up at, well, over at Starbucks Lynn on A Street. Now, I love those people. They do a great job. It baffles me how much money we spend on dead corpses. Just thought I'd share that with you. You're the last service of the weekend. You can handle it. Isn't it something? I was uh, at a viewing some time ago, and again, Starbucks Lynn does a great job. Love the people there. And I went to a viewing. The family said, well, we got three hours from four to seven, and Joe's going to be in the box. Uh, excuse me, they said, uh, Joe's going to be in the, in the casket. And... We'd like you to be there to, to support the family. So I, <clears throat> I put my suit and tie on, and I stood in the back in honor of Joe. And family member after family member came up to the casket, and, and, and Joe's brother motioned to me to come forward. He said, oh, hey, some of Joe's deepest friends are here. Uh, we, 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 we don't know about their faith or anything. You better come up here. So I, <clears throat> I stood up there real official, whatever that means. And they looked in the casket. And one guy said, Joe, you look so good, Joe. Woo! Hey, look at Joe. He looks good. And verbatim, hey, Joe, man, he's got good color. He looks good. And I wanted to break the, the ice and say, guys, Joe's dead. And no joke, the next guy walks up and goes, man, look at that casket. Now that's really living. I wanted to say it. Excuse me, guys. Joe's dead. And why on earth have you brought Joe so many flowers? A little late, guys. A little, little late. And why is it we're going to speak a eulogy over Joe? By the way, you know what eulogy means? To speak well of. Why do we wait till someone's through with life to speak well of them and not speak well of them all through their life? Come on. Good morning. Huh? Oh, there's Joe. And then Joe. My gosh, the casket. They go, man, Joe deserves it. Really? They're going to drive him up C Street, make a left turn, put him in a hole in the ground. They're going to put dirt on the box and say, way to go, Joe. Hit the big time. 
living up on the hill now, Joe. From the hood to the hill, Joe. You got. Now I got. I, I'm sorry. I'm letting you in on my side. You know, my my job. I got. I got to love the family and make sure they're okay. And the next day, I got to preach a sermon about 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 Joe. And I did. It was a sermon so good I took notes on myself. And here was a, and here was a sermon. Joe's not here. A couple of his friends said, what do you mean? We just saw him. He has good color. He looks really good. Oh, Joe. I said, Joe's not here. Because of Joe's faith, he's now accepted his inheritance. He walked through the valley of the shadow of death, but he didn't fear that shadow because the Lord was with him. God's rod and staff comforted Joe, and Joe is now in the presence of the Lord. And Joe's mama said, hallelujah. And the other guy said, no, we just saw Joe yesterday. He's in the box. And I'm not kidding you. As we eat little tea sandwiches and ate chips and dip, I had explained to them at the reception that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. They didn't get it. They had no faith at all except that Joe was in the box. I'm so glad that Joe's not in the box. And I'm so glad that when we end our lives that we won't be in the box either. And that gives us number three reason to walk in confidence today. We can be confident people. Now, not confident in yourself. You know, you can go to a motivational speaker, have confidence. Don't be insecure now. Hold your chin up when you speak, right? Make eye contact with people. Have confidence, and you should. But this confidence goes beyond ourself and our ability. It says in 1 Peter 5, 6, and through your faith, God is protecting you. Say protecting you. Protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly, we should be the gladdest people on the planet. Well, I don't have very much. doesn't matter. You should be glad. My kids are going sideways. Still be glad. My husband's not the man he used to be. Well, you're not the wife you used to be either, but be truly glad. I didn't say that. There's a wonderful joy ahead. I love that. There's a wonderful joy ahead. For those who are in Christ Jesus, even though you must endure many trials for a little while, we can be glad. Hey, look at your neighbor real quick, here and in the tent. If you're online, say it to yourself. Be glad. Just say, be, be glad. Be glad. Be glad. Be glad. Be glad. Why be glad? Why be glad? Because it's Easter. But what about Wednesday? It's still Easter. What about Friday? It's still Easter. We are resurrection people if you believe in Jesus Christ. Be glad. Be glad. Why? Because Peter says you're protected. You're protected. The word protected literally means that you are defended by the armed forces of God. Now, I love our military. I support our military. We've got some of you here in uniform today. Thank you for your service. We appreciate our military. That's right. We appreciate our veterans. We appreciate all who serve on foreign soil, especially those downrange and in harm's way, God watch them. But let me tell you something. This term that he protects us in 1 Peter 5, 1, 5 and 6 is that God has taken his armed forces, his army of angels, and he protects you with them. What's being protected? Does that mean I'll never have a flat tire? Does that mean I'll never get sick? Does that mean I'll never get cancer? That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the salvation that he's given you and the inheritance that you have in Christ, he's protecting that. The devil can't steal your salvation from you. No one can rob you from the love of God. And no one can rob you from your reserved 
place in heaven. John 14, he says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I'll come again and take you unto myself. So we're all going to get these really cool condos in heaven. And if you're nice, you can come over and see me at mine. If you're not nice, you can't come over. That's it. <laughs> our confidence does not rest in ourselves, but in our God who protects us and has set a wonderful joy ahead of us. Next time you feel down and discouraged, just pause for a moment, read 1 Peter chapter 1, and say, God, I have a living hope. I have a great expectation because of you. I have a great joy that's been set ahead of me. God's taking care of your tomorrows and your eternity, but here's the key. You must believe in him. You must know him. I started by saying I don't like religious people. I'm all about God. The God who says, I want to have a relationship with you. Nicodemus, Jesus told him, I want to have a relationship with you. Peter, I want to have a relationship with you. Paul the Apostle, I want to have a relationship. You put your name in there. God wants to have a relationship with you. You know, God's most spoken promise is, I will be with you. More than any other promise. Sure, he said he'll supply for us. Sure, he said that he would, he would watch over us. All that's good, but, but here's the key. I will be with you. And Jesus said... Matthew 28, 20, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the time. What time? The time of your life? The end of your life. The time of the last second that this earth exists, this rock that he created, that he's with us. So some of you are thinking, I'm overwhelmed. God says, I'll be with you. Some of you feel like giving up. Come on. And God says, I'm with you. I'll be with you when it's hard. I'll be with you in the storm. I'll be with you in the midnight hour. I am with you when you say you're too weak, morally, spiritually, or physically. God says, I will be with you. If you feel alone, God says, I will be with you. 1 Peter 1.6, so be truly glad. There's wonderful joy ahead, even though we must endure many trials for a little while. Rejoice. Rejoice. Even if it's hard in life. Even if your marriage is not what you wanted it to be, rejoice. And even if you've not yet met the love of your life, rejoice. And even if you met the love of your life, but now they're not acting like the love of your life, rejoice. Rejoice when you feel like you can't change one more diaper. Any mom say amen. Rejoice. If, you're, if your kids are struggling right now, rejoice. Even if you keep falling into temptation, rejoice. Even if you're not sure about tomorrow, rejoice. Even though your world seems out of control, rejoice. Even if the headlines are too much to bear, rejoice. Even if someone has attacked you on social media, rejoice. Because Jesus Christ who died for us also rose from the dead for us and he is alive. So we can rejoice. And when you get up tomorrow, have great expectations. Not in what you can do alone, but in what Christ can do through you and what you can do through Christ. The resurrection is not just something that happened thousands of years ago, but something we live in today. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. And again I say, rejoice. Would you bow your heads with me? We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.